Hey, what up, guys? I'm Tom, and you're checking out episode number 36 of the Floatcast. Floatcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Salt Company. And uh, they are obviously located in San Francisco, but they also have another uh, shipping warehouse that they ship out of uh, on the East Coast, which really helps out people like me uh, that are on Long Island that want to get salt and don't want to pay crazy shipping prices from California. So now we can get it from just south of us. And uh, it's great because they offer two types of uh, USP grade uh, salt. So anybody that needs to get salt for their float tanks, that's obviously the stuff you want to use. And they have two different varieties of it. Uh, they can be found on the web at sfsalt.com and they can be reached by phone at 1-800-480-4540. And make sure you mention that you heard about it on the podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Chris from uh, ProFloat Inc. who's uh, just getting going up in Vancouver. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, do this. Talk some floating. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And and anybody who's listening, um, if you're a, a frequent floater or if you own a float center or you're trying to open up a float center and you want to come on and chat, shoot me an email, uh, thefloatplace at gmail.com, and uh, we could definitely set something up. I would love to have you because um, this is the kind of thing that everybody needs to hear about from all different angles, from people who, who do it frequently <clears throat> as a client and uh, from people who are trying to get something going. So definitely want to hear about it from all angles. But like I said, right now we're talking to Chris. So Yeah, yeah man, it's a whole industry. There's a ton of people that are interested in floating that I'm finding out. And uh, up here in Canada, it's taken off like wildfire, especially in the Vancouver market. I know you had Andy from the Float House on a couple of episodes ago, and yeah, uh, yeah. they're doing great things. And there's a couple of other people that are just uh, hustling like crazy up here and just spreading the love of floating and uh, all the good stuff that can be found when you when you get yourself inside a tank and just let go, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one of the best things about it, and I definitely think the benefit of, of the tank is uh, exactly what you just said, is you mentioned one of your quote-unquote competitors in, in you know, the same place, the same area as you, um, by name, and you said, yeah, and he's doing great things, and, and you spoke great things about him. Um, and that's... It's not something that you see in a lot of industries, um, but that's something that you see commonly in the floating industry, which is which is fantastic. Uh, but I definitely think it's an it's one of the benefits, or you know, it has something to do with the actual act the act of floating. You know, you kind of look at things differently and perceive things differently. Yeah, there's not a lot of big egos in the float industry, and I mean, even with uh, all the all those float centers, you know, like like us, we're we got into manufacturing, right? And that's kind of a little bit different. Is that a lot of float tank manufacturers have maybe started at centers and then they've they kind of spent a few years getting their own business plan with their centers and then they got kind of good at tanks and then decided to get into manufacturing whereas uh i i've been in manufacturing for 10 years and a float fan and as a manufacturer decided to get into floating kind of coming from a little bit of a different angle so you know for me it's just i i love to see centers pop up and i think there's plenty of room for everybody and uh you know, competition is the last thing on my mind right now. It's just making a good, a good float product. Yeah, I don't even think that the word competition is something that really should be in people's heads at this point. You know, people that own centers, uh, there's just not. You know, there, there, there isn't competition. You know, there's just yeah. too many people out there, and it's not enough tanks. If everybody in the world wanted to float, there still wouldn't be competition. It would just be, you know, people would be overwhelmed. 
yeah, yeah. The the manufacturers wouldn't be able to keep up if all of a sudden there was, um, say, uh, you know, 10 tanks in every city that's like 100,000 people or so. Like if you had 10 tanks for every 100,000 people, the, the industry would be overloaded. But, uh, you know, there's people like us and there's a lot of other great companies that are coming in and uh, starting to make it a little bit more affordable and uh, a little bit different products and kind of kind of opens up the avenues for these smaller companies. Say if you're in massage therapy and you want to add a tank on or if you're in acupuncture and want to add a tank to your business or if you're just trying to open up a float center. There's so many different ways that you could brand yourself with a float tank and uh, or just have it in your home as a little bit of extra income and for your friends and family. Right. So it's uh, it's the Wild West in the float tank industry. And uh, we're excited <laughs> to be a part of it. Yeah, it's actually <clears throat> that's a pretty good way to put it. It is kind of like the Wild West at this point. Um, one of my one of my clients that was here is actually trying to get a center going. And they were asking me about, uh, you know, what to do with the, with the local county board of health and what has to be done. And they were very surprised when I kind of said nothing. I said, you don't really have to do anything. They're like, well, do I have to call them and let them know and get the certificate? And I said, uh, no, they, they don't really have any idea what the health float tanks are. <laughs> and being that, you know, there's not really a lot of them out here, they, they don't really have a reason to yet. You know, as, as we, not that they don't have a reason to, but I guess from their end, you know, a typical, you know, Sorry to say it, but a lot of government employees don't want to take on more than they have to, and they're kind of just going to do what they do, and that's it. Um, so they're not going to go looking for extra work. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've found that it it can kind of widely vary depending on where you are, and I mean, if you have a really easy go of it, that is awesome. But yeah. if you go into a business unprepared. <clears throat> You know, there are kind of health concerns and so on that if you hit the wrong people, they could make your life miserable. So, you know, you do find that in the industry, most of the people that start float centers are amongst the most most prepared, hardest working. They're dedicated to the craft. They learn their tanks. They learn their water chemistry and they really take it seriously because uh, it is as a business owner. And as you would know, it's something that you take pride in that when people come into your center, they feel relaxed and they feel comfortable and they feel like it's clean. And, you know, it's all the hardworking float center owners that put their time in that kind of are helping grow the industry because they do take so much care in uh, the water quality uh, from anywhere, you know, (laughs) like, doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, float center owners are usually um, very responsible, hardworking people because, like you said, there's not just really a lot of knowledge in health authorities about what's going on in the float industry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, even still, even though there's no there's no uh, protocol from from the local county as far as what I have to do, I keep logging a journal of all my stuff and all my stats and my water quality, so that when they do eventually um, come knocking, which they obviously you know that's that's fine. I could say, hey, here you go. Here's all my stuff. You know, I can't, I, I'm not sure what else you would want me to do. I mean, this is, you know, very, very, yeah, clean, and, very clean water uh, and have all, everything written down. I mean, I'm from, you know, I worked in restaurants for a long time, so I'm really familiar with them. They like journals. You show them like a log or a journal and they love that. <laughs> so, yeah, really, absolutely. And, uh, you're doing, you're doing like a home base location, aren't you? Correct. Huh? Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm not sure if this is relevant or not, but I've found that usually, um, people that do home-based business, with, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. usually you have a little bit of an easier time because you're not necessarily facing the same type of challenges that 
could happen in a commercial center where all of a sudden you get hit with uh, engineering ex- inspections for ventilation and for, you know, different type of fire regulations and some of those things that, you know, when you're running a home center, for the most part, uh, you can usually avoid some of those potential headaches. Yeah, some of them, some of them I was able to avoid. Some of them were, I think, bigger headaches that I would have would have had the other way. But, you know, and, oh, yeah, it's, it's a wash, I guess, in the end. And it's I, a learning experience too, right? Like it's, uh, oh, yeah. even though they've been around for 50, 60 years, float tanks really, um, you know, uh, it's booming again now where you're actually seeing commercial centers pop up and people starting to recognize what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I shouldn't sit here and say that I have a hundred percent luck with the board of health, the local board of health, because I don't, the other end of that sword is, uh, the other edge of that sword rather is, um, Suffolk County, where I am, really doesn't have sewers. We pretty much, you know, it's like 90% of, of all the buildings, anything you're going to find has a, a uh, cesspool or a septic tank or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to find a place that's that's that will take a float center because of all the water from the showers. So while I don't have to call them, you know, about uh, opening a float center, I do have to call the Department of Wastewater Management. And that's kind of what I've been going through now. I found a place and going through the process and it's a nightmare um that's why i haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast just because i don't know when anything is going to happen so i you know i don't want to sit here and say anything but yeah yeah you of course i mean you don't want to kind of focus too much on the on the headaches when you know you there's so many other positive things to focus on when you're in in doing what we do right um we don't uh we don't get into floating you know for the the business side we do it because we love it and we want to spread it with people so you know but yeah there's always headaches and hiccups and uh it can be challenging but yeah it's it's pretty rewarding and when you're floating regularly it's it's hard to get too wound up about stuff <laughs> yeah oh i mean i without a doubt i noticed a huge difference in my life and the, the way i react to things and uh you know just how wound up exactly like you said how how wound up i get about things like you know it's very very rare i get a you know, super angry about anything anymore. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm heading down that path, you know, I can still get riled up from time to time, but it's definitely a little bit less. I'm not freaking out in my car as much when uh, traffic hits and those kind of things. Like the, the small stuff is definitely a little bit easier to shake off. Yeah. Oh, traffic. Definitely. I'm, uh, I'm much easier going with traffic than I used to be. Now I'm just like, all right, but you know, I'm going to get there. You know. Yeah, appreciate the view and the architecture as you're kind of driving around and just uh, people watch. You know, what else can you do? <laughs> Listen yeah. to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure that that definitely helps pass the time uh, and, and make it easier to swallow if you're sitting and listening to a good podcast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, podcasts, uh, I know they motivated me huge and they made a pretty drastic change on kind of how I approach things and convinced me to try more new things and it was really kind of the inspiration for me to start my own business now and uh, things are going great. And I don't think it would have happened if I didn't feel like I was necessarily connecting with, um, you know, a group of people that maybe uh, I just didn't get in my, in my local circle. Right. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, uh, the kind of people that are in, in this industry and the kind of people that listen to the kind of podcast and, uh, you know, like I think a lot of us listen to the, like the same eight or 10 core podcasts. Um, and it's weird. You almost form like a relationship or a bond with, with the person who hosts it, you know, who, who, who does it. Um, sure. 
for sure. And it, that definitely now, what are some of your favorite? You, meant, you mentioned off the air, Bill Burr is one of your favorites, and I've noticed you uh, shout out to him every once in a while, and I think you do opening it, Opie and Anthony as well. And yeah, yeah, very, uh, very big fan of Bill Burr. I listen to. I don't listen to Rogan as much as I used to, um, only because I feel like when I do. Um, like I need to like listen. Like I need to like like if I put on Bill Burr, I can listen to it. Like as I'm doing something else. Like I feel like when I listen to Rogan, it's almost like all right, I'm just gonna hang out and listen to Rogan. Like it's like not like a homework assignment, but like that that's what I'm gonna do, you know. And well, I, he, I just, he's I definitely over the past year gotten more into the philosophy side of things, and he likes to sit down with people who have um, lots to say. And yeah, whereas some other podcasts are a little bit shorter formats and a little bit more of a entertainment style, whereas uh, Rogan's can be a, a long in-depth conversation and they're they're fascinating but I know what you mean like it's hard to jump in and out of them because they do go to go on such long paths for their conversations yes exactly like you could be listening to Bill Burr and leave the room and come back in the room and hear a joke and laugh at it uh, whereas if you listen to Rogan and or you know something of that variety and, and you walk out and you come back in you're like what what the hell is he talking about and you have to rewind like 10 minutes to figure out what you know what, what, yeah. exactly what's going on Bill Burr gets angry for like you know a couple minutes at a time and then he cools down <laughs> he goes in waves right whereas yeah. whereas Rogan just zones into something and he just you know <laughs> the yep. moon landing man <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but I listen guy. to uh I listen to Burr I listen to Rogan still I still listen to Rogan just not as much as I used to and uh I listen to I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Cumia so I check his show out as often as I can um, and I still listen to Opie, uh, Opie and Jimmy in the morning and, uh, that's pretty much it. But a lot of, a lot of comedy, a lot of like talk related stuff. I don't listen to music anymore. I'm really, I'm terrible. I go for a ride in the white, uh, in the car with my wife and she'll turn on a song and be like, wow, what is this? Is, is this new? And she's like, this is like 10 months old, Tom. Like I have <laughs> you know, this came and went already. I'm surprised they're playing it. I'm like, oh wow. It's. It's pretty bad. Tom, are you telling me you don't know what's going on in Katy Perry's life right now? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I do not. I, I I did enjoy her halftime show with the dancing trees or whatever the Malibu trees, or the sharks, right? They were dancing sharks. That yeah, that hilarious. looks like a that looks like a fun LSD dream. That <laughs> that that <laughs> halftime show. It reminded me of an episode of uh, Yo Gabba Gabba, which I am forced to watch with my son. Not as much as as I used to, but. Uh, he he watched a lot of it the first two years of his life. So I actually thought about that as I was watching the halftime show. Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, the shows that that parents uh parents will get into. Uh how how old's your little one now, if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. Uh little Peter is uh two and a half. Nice. That's fun age. Yeah. And it's really it's funny, like we we were talking about this a little bit before. Um I think that a lot of float center owners are more um critical of of their place than than others, which is good. I mean, you should be very critical of your own place. Um, but I'm like super critical with sound. Like if my son goes running and there's somebody in a tank, I'm like, oh my god! Like I dive, like I'm a secret service agent to try to like tackle him, you know. <laughs> and uh, sometimes he's got moves though. Sometimes you like, you know, he's got some 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 good Barry Sanders type moves and he gets right around me, and runs down the hallway. Um, but nobody, yeah. nobody ever complains about sound. Learning jujitsu at six, and he'll be throwing you across the room, and <laughs> he just, <laughs> just come at him right over the shoulder, just goes right by me. Yeah, I can't. A little Ronda stop Rousey. <laughs> Jesus, fourteen seconds. That was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I kind of shook my head. I didn't think it was going to go quite 
down quite like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know when people are going to learn that you can't really get in Ronda Rousey's face. She kind of has the. She comes from the Diaz brothers, you know, like those. They they run on the adrenaline, right, of fights, and uh, mm-hmm. can't you can't play into that. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fighter. I can't. She she'd throw me around like a rag doll. Oh, I'm not gonna say <laughs> like, like nothing. I I mean today is uh for for the listeners today's Monday and just this past weekend on Saturday Ronda Ronda Rousey fought and uh she she won the fight in 14 seconds. It was just unbelievable. And it was funny because I was thinking about renting the fight from home. I I was home taking it easy and I was like you know what it's like 80 bucks. I think this is gonna be like a Mike Tyson type situation where like you know. Tyson in the late 80s, early 90s, the, the fight would never go past the first round. You know, it, it didn't until he freaking lost. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't buy it just because I knew it wasn't going to go long. And then I heard it went 14 seconds. And I was like, all right, I definitely made the right move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that particular pay-per-view card kind of took a bit of a hit with injuries and so on. And it was, um, was kind of lacking a little bit of... Um, you know matches that had title implications or you know top five people so on so you know it was a little hard a little hard to swallow and then yeah you hear it's like oh rousey's gonna steamroll somebody again right yeah yeah it's uh which is it's you want to see it and you want to see it live but 80 dollars is hard to i think that's what it is 80 bucks that's hard to justify you know i mean that's a a pretty hefty hefty price tag for um for you know five guaranteed fights yeah yeah absolutely get everything else on the prelims for free and sometimes depending on how the momentum of the night goes you can get just as much quality entertainment out of it and i always like to watch fights but i hear you that it gets hard to support when there's you know two pay-per-views a week for or two pay-per-views a month for that price tag yeah that's the other end of it there's so many of them and you want to see it all but like Come on! All right, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to watch it on YouTube tomorrow. I'm gonna have to see what happens tomorrow. Did you see the uh, press conference with uh, Johnny Bones Jones and um, Anthony Rumble Johnson, where they went up and and uh, tr- kind of pretended to get physical, and Dana White started freaking out, and they were just just punking him. Oh. No, no, I didn't see that, but that's pretty great. Yeah, you got to pull that up. <laughs> you see Dana White just almost have an aneurysm on the stage. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. They don't. Uh... So wait, the two guys that are going to fight kind of put their heads yeah. together and did that. In in um, to fill you up, yeah, Johnny Bones Jones in his last fight, he fought uh, Daniel Cormier, and uh, at their press conference, Dana White wasn't there, and this was a couple months ago. Obviously, they've already fought, and uh, they ended up scrapping right at the press conference and throwing punches and it got out of control. And then uh, at this press conference, Johnny Bones Jones went up and he kind of did the same posturing and then Rumble pushed him and Dana White jumped in between. And then they just started laughing and shook and hug, you know, hugged it out. And uh, it was pretty entertaining. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right. So let's talk a little floating here. Yeah, let's get back to it. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you, uh, when did you get the bug? When did you first try out floating? I heard about it about two years ago. Okay. And uh, that's when I started hearing about it and I started reading up on it and seeing what was out there for information. And I was very interested. And then all of a sudden heard that Vancouver was getting their first float center or um, first larger one, one that I had heard about. And um, that was uh, Float House in Vancouver. 
And so they're they're up to being the largest in the world now. Those guys have just been hustling like crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, we went out there very early on. and um, For me, I've been suffering from chronic back pain for a long time now, uh, seven years or so. And uh, I've gone through the whole, you know, tests, MRI, CT scans, so on, and couldn't really find anything that was wrong with me. And then uh, I finally ended up going to a naturopath and uh, a little begrudgingly, you know, I'm not necessarily the person that would say like naturopath would be the first thing I'd, I'd go to. But, uh, you know, my wife convinced me and uh, she's an RN. She's a nurse. Oh, okay. She um, she was like, you know what? It might be something more to do with dietary or so on. And sure enough, they did a little bit more blood work and I had a magnesium deficiency. So, as you know, uh, you get in a float tank and there's a ton of salt in it, obviously, right? And, um, you know, absorbing magne- magnesium through the skin is way more efficient than oral supplements and so on. And then there was the... Um, yeah, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people think that they take uh, magnesium supplements and, that, and they're good to go. And a lot of that is just passed through. Not <clears throat> Percentage-wise, not a lot of it is, is absorbed. Uh, not nearly as much as when you're, uh, you know, you're in it, immersed in it. Yeah, if you're floating regularly, um, there, yeah, you don't need a magnesium. Well, I'm not a physician. I shouldn't tell you what you do or do not need. But yeah. for me, I know that having that extra dose of uh, just soaking in the salts has done wonders for my back and for my energy and uh, everything along that line. So that's why I decided to look into floating. And, you know, we tried it out about a year and a half ago. And loved it and got ourselves memberships and we were very excited. And But uh, the nearest float center was about an hour and a half drive away from us. Oof. So it, it didn't make it the most convenient of of practices to do on a regular basis. Was like it a trap? Let me know. ask you. The the trip, was it the kind of trip where like you would hit traffic sometimes or was it usually a pretty straight shot? Uh, pretty good. It's a pretty straight shot into Vancouver. And uh, for anybody that's ever been in Vancouver – um, one of the main ways to get into the city is right down uh, some of the roughest areas in the city. Like the highway goes right past some. So it's like highway and then you hit what's called Hastings and you take Hastings all the way in and it gets <laughs> and it's it's the seedy part of the city. And then you get through it and then you have um, Roll your windows uh, up, lock your doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's actually uh, as far as. Uh, as far as a homeless crew goes, they're they're usually not too like violent. They're just kind of that's where everybody is. That's just the low income part of town, right? Right. And you get down down to downtown Vancouver and and so on, and it's so beautiful down there in the city. And it's just kind of a weird experience driving in off of the highway and kind of going through, you know, the rough parts, and then coming into this you know world class city. And um, we. Um, so we'd, we'd make the drive out there regularly and yeah, you'd hit the traffic and so on. So you'd always have to p- kind of plan your day around floating and which we loved to do. It was a good excuse to go out and, you know, spend the day in the city and we'd usually maybe turn it into kind of a date night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but after a while I was like, I, I want to build myself my own tank and I started doing a little bit more research and then my journey into manufacturing began there. All right. Wow. All right. So you are... <clears throat> You're manufacturing tanks or pods or rooms? Yeah, or? manufacturing. We're calling it the ProFloat Pod. And um, it's, uh, yeah, we're trying to, to step the game up in the float pod world. And we've been working on a design now for a little over a year. And uh, 
pre-sales go on on March 15th, uh, 2015, and uh, we're excited. We're going to start start full-scale production shortly thereafter, and um, everything's coming out really well so far. We're, we're really excited, so I can kind of go into details if you want. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know. Uh, I thought that you were just opening up a float center. I didn't know that oh, you... Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. My plans are so much bigger than that. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we we got into manufacturing, so we're, we're launching Canada's first float pod. And um, there's one other, I think, manufacturing company in Canada, but we're looking at a fairly large scale opening once we start. Okay. All right. So tell us about this thing. Looks It looks great, by the way. It looks beautiful. Is everything... Uh, no, you know what? You tell me. I'm not going to ask you, you. You tell me, and then at the end, if I have any questions, I'll uh, I'll ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, for me, like I started, you know, when I wanted to open up my own float center, or build my own float tank. At first, I I started pricing tanks out and shopping around and kind of learning, right? Like anybody that's interested in opening up a float center, which is probably the majority of your listeners, is people that are either float center owners or they're thinking about it and they're trying to kind of gain knowledge and learn what they want and the price points and so on and the business plan. And so I started kind of etching that all up and I had trouble finding a tank for the right price that I could do. So I decided I was going to start building because um, uh, I have a fair amount of design experience and so on. So I was really excited to take the project on. And sure enough, I whipped up my first tank and I thought, well, you know, maybe I could build more of these and the more and more people we talk to and the more that we learn, is we kind of realize that uh, there's a definite need for uh, float pods and especially in Canada, right? Like you have to import everything in Canada. So there's some extra challenges that you run into. And the more that I learned and researched, I kind of realized that we were going to be able to make a float pod at a really competitive price. We we're going to be able to use uh, local manufacturers and local suppliers to build the pod you know all made in north america so we're really excited to move forward with uh with the design and and yeah we've just been hitting things one by one out for what we want in a float pod and yeah so we got uh it's going to be a fiberglass pod that has food safe acrylic on the inside uh, it's got a nice wide float space so it's four and a half feet wide on the inside by uh eight feet long um uh, nice yeah as you see if you pop on the website it's got a smooth design to the whole thing yep the uh door i mean it opens like a i hate to use the word typical but it opens like the typical pod that you would say the top opens up um like a clamshell type um is that power or that's manual it it has lifts with it so with with the door it's it's a lightweight opening door mm-hmm. uh, but it's, ma- it's manual though like the person does it yeah all right yeah, yeah. i actually not- i prefer that uh, and here's why. Uh, one of the first places I floated in, um, I forget the name of the pod, but it had a, a, a pod that was operated by a button. You hit the button and it opened up, which was really cool. But halfway through the float, I was like, what happens if I lose power? Like, how am I going to get that door open? Is there a way? Like, you know, is somebody going to come in and get me? What if I'm trapped in here? Like, that kind of came into my head. So I like the idea of it being manual. I think that's a better, a better alternative. Than, uh, yeah, I, personally, I don't think I'll ever go a different way than manual. I think it's the safest way. I think it's the most comfortable for people that have any hesitations. People want to know be, that they can just reach up and push the door open at any time. Exactly. Absolutely. 
uh, from talking to float center owners is people that have hesitations um, with when they get in, not feeling like they can locate the door. So it was very important. We kind of sloped the pod in, in such a way that it, it's very easy to kind of work your way to the door. And, um, you know, so a lot of effort went into that. And actually, I come from the window and door industry. So I put okay. a lot of pride into designing how we were going to do this door and make it light, light proof and how we were going to make it lightweight and seal and uh, just the design and the look. Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. The whole tank is fiberglass on the outside. And the inside, you said, is food safe acrylic? Yeah, we're using food safe acrylic sheeting. So one of the things that we're doing a little bit different is uh, rather than doing uh, manual uh, fiberglass layup, um, which when you make fiberglass, you usually have to use different pieces of equipment or um, manual equipment to roll out a gel coating and then your fibers and then you have to coat and recoat and it can become a fairly labor intensive process. Oh yeah. So well, we I, just we I, decided we were going to attack it a different way. And what we did is we started doing a bunch of research and it led us down to uh, large scale thermal forming. And so what we do is we take massive sheets of um, acrylic and this is the same type of acrylic that's used in a whole bunch of applications. Like say if you were going to a grocery store and all of your fruit stands were laid out, this would be all the all the same sheeting that food is is stored on. Okay. So we found a massive, a massive thermoformer and um, basically it can take the plastic and it heats it up in a massive oven and then it pulls it out and uh, sucks it onto a mold and shapes it into the pod. So it's huh. a, it's a fairly large process, but then what it does is it allows us to assemble things more accurately. And not only that, but you get that big single sheet, no seams, um, we can reinforce that with fiberglass. Actually, the exterior of the pod isn't going to be fiberglass. We're going with an ABS material, okay. which we found is um, just as durable, just as strong, uh, just as well insulating, and um, it it kind of drives the cost down. So we we did a, you know, I'm I'm really proud of the amount of research that we're doing on trying to like layer the different materials for sound and for cost and for structure and yeah. So it's been a whole engineering challenge <laughs> that's really interesting is this now looking at it it looks like it's three pieces is the whole thing only three pieces yeah so what it is is you have a float base is what i call it so it's just the bottom tub and then you and then the top part gets attached on and then the door is separate and one of the cool things is that we kind of designed the size so that you could get it through a standard doorway because um that was that was a major major part is that if you're going to be building something or or buying something that if you ever have to move it or relocate the pod or sell it or whatever we wanted people to be able to actually physically be able to move maneuver around corners and so on so that was also put into the thought and the design right right well, it looks it looks fantastic what kind of uh now what kind of filtration like uh you know, like programming for like sound and that kind of stuff. Is it automated or is it on switches? Yeah, we've, manual we've, uh, we've got manual switching and then we also have Wi-Fi controls, which uh, I'm pretty excited about because then you can uh, set your timers and your filtration cycles and actually schedule all your maintenance right through the app itself of the pod. And um, so that comes standard with our tanks. It's not an upgrade or anything like that. It's just doesn't matter. Any tank, you can run the controls through Wi-Fi, run your audio through Wi-Fi, um, and then for the filtration itself, we got, uh, 
UV and ozone for those that want to do hydrogen peroxide, and then we can scale it back for people that just want to do uh, traditional particle filtration along with, um, you know, bromine. So we have options, but we're we're starting on the high end and then uh, scaling back for people, you know. So if if something's maybe out of your budget, we're kind of willing to work with people and and what they got. Gotcha. All right. Is it the filtration? Is it inside the pod itself, or is it on the outside, like a separate, like? We actually have two options. Um, we've been asked for people to put it in the back. And so we came up with that design. But the pod's actually designed so that we can basically um, side mount or or run it in through a separate housing mm-hmm. or right off contained in the back. So uh, we wanted to kind of offer that flexibility. Um, and so we just kind of designed the shell itself so that we could interchange based on the customer's demand. You know, if you got a room where you need that extra foot of space and it's just, it is what it is because that's what your lease is. We can move the filtration around. If that's not an issue, we can self-contain everything in the back. That's a great move. That's a really good move because if, in my opinion, if the space allows, I prefer to have everything outside. Um, I think it's probably, I don't know the exact, obviously setup and how yours is, but I, I would imagine it would be easier to work on anything that you need to have access to. Um, and there's obviously no issue of, of any noise. Some people complain about, I'm not saying that your, your pods do it, but I have heard some people complain about like a, like a high frequency noise, um, that comes from some of the machinery. Um, but yeah, and that's, yeah, that's we, definitely can be a problem. And I mean, we, we put as much time and attention into that as we possibly could. And, uh, so far all of our electronics are, are very very quiet they run very very low and i i haven't been able to hear any low frequent or uh, high frequencies myself uh, that's not to say i can guarantee that there aren't a little bit but um we definitely put our work into designing the filtration system too that even in the compact unit it's uh, it's completely accessible from the top so that if you need to do any filter changes or inspect the uv or so on uh, all the unions and all the valves are completely accessible um that being said, it is sometimes easier if you just have the unit off to the side. And um, it's really just kind of up to the customer and what they want, and we can accommodate it. Yeah, but no, that's a good move, though, putting it, setting up like that. Because like you said, if somebody only has a room that's only so big and that's what they got and that's what they're working with, put it all in there and go. Yeah, I don't want to tell them that they won't be able to, to use our flow tanks, right? Like we want to be able to make sure that we can meet the needs of of the industry, right? Like we're not going to lock ourselves into one design or one, one thing because, uh, there's more than one, one right way to run a float center. You can, you can really kind of brand yourself however you want. And, you know, space can be limiting and the difference of, you know, three tanks to four tanks or four tanks to five tanks can make a pretty big difference on, uh, on the, the day to days of a float center. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, so you kind of just got bit by the bug and said, you know what, I'm going to build a tank and said, you know what, this thing is beautiful. I'm sorry, sorry I built a pot um, and said, this thing's beautiful. I'm going to keep going with it. And, and now you're here and now you're having a, the pre-sales March 15th. Yeah. So we've, we've basically got our prototype signed off on now and production is lined up. So we're doing what we're calling a beta program and we're offering 20 units and then that's our cap and that allows us to work with the people that decide to go for the pre-sales. And uh, that, that includes your install and, you know, 
personal follow-up from us and so on. And so we can kind of really walk everybody through the tanks. And then, as you know, there, especially when you start, there can always be unforeseen things. And we want to make sure that we are flexible so that we could um, make sure that everybody's tanks are running properly and that they're staying in business and uh, just focus solely on that first batch of customers. Absolutely. Oh, it sounds like you're trying to do the right thing, which is good. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you, I really wanted to kind of run everything the way that I would want to want, you know, as a consumer. So uh, we really try to think of everything and we're not really doing this to to make a big splash. We're just trying to make the right product so that more people can float. Yeah, absolutely. Getting it out there. Getting it out there, man. <laughs> What kind of uh, now? What kind of heating system do you have going on? Is it under? Is it in line? Is it both? I got an inline heater, and then I have we have heating. Um, uh, it's it's kind of a complicated system. It's uh, <laughs> we have basically um, under under heaters that are removable uh, that we've basically been engineering with uh, a local electrical company so um okay kind of in the designs of it we're gonna we're gonna kind of announce a little bit more when we get into like our our commercials and so on uh because we're doing a couple of innovating things with the heat and really excited to roll it out really low power heat as well which i'm proud about is just the power ratings are just coming in each time we do everything it's like oh we're coming in lower lower power than I would have imagined. It's, it's more efficient than I would have imagined. So uh, really excited about it. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Make sure you show him the first guy you call when you're ready to get, you know, sell him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we've already had, uh, we've already had, you know, more inquiries at this point. Um, uh, it's the company itself is myself and my wife. And I have another partner that's uh, engineering. And then my, uh, uh, my company, I like to call him my cousin Roger because I've always just called him my cousin Roger. And uh, <laughs> he's uh, he comes from marketing side and a little bit more of administrative side and and, and sales and so on. So he's going to kind of help manage that side of the business, and so that me and my partner can focus on the uh, the engineering and the manufacturing. And you know, with my wife being a registered nurse, and uh, she's just so good at communicating all the benefits of floating. And she wanted to be here. She's actually. She's newly pregnant and kind oh. of feeling a little bit of the uh, ups and ups and downs, and just uh, had a day where she just needed to needed to take it easy. So she sends she says hi and uh, would love to would love to chat with you another time. Oh, that's great! Congratulations to both of you. That's that's fantastic. Is this number one? This is number one. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, we've been trying for a while, and we've had some ups and downs with it, and. Uh, so we're really happy. We actually just had our ultrasound today, so we're kind of coming off the buzz of getting to see the little heart flutter. And ah, oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We 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 definitely uh, both had smiles and maybe a little tear on the corner of our <laughs> eye when we got to see that. Yeah, you can't help it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a great feeling. Well, it's a good thing she has access to a float tank, so I'm sure that will help her throughout her her pregnancy. Yeah, she's really excited. You know, at this at this point, she's you know uh, nine weeks in or so, and She's definitely uncomfortable, so she's she's been able to use the float tank and helps take the edge off and some of the, you know, just the discomforts of pregnancy. It's the float tank is really amazing for that. Like it's one of the things that I just can't talk enough about is you know for for women that are going through the discomforts of pregnancy, it's just uh, an amazing tool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
when you are ready to, uh, well, you're pretty much ready now. I don't know if you have yet, but you should definitely think about teaming up with uh, flotation locations. To... We've been in talks with them. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting until we're at the point to roll out, but we definitely uh, they are on our radar and we've been in touch with them and great people there and they're doing amazing things with uh, spreading the love. So oh, yeah. you, will see, you will see us on there in time. I'm, I'm pretty positive of that. So. Yeah, those are, those are a lot of guys, man. Definitely. Actually, yeah, there's yeah. so many there's so many great people that are just hustling for the industry right now. Uh, you know, the guys uh, we talked about the float conference, the guys that float on do so many amazing things. And uh, I talked about the guys at the float house are growing and they're doing great things and putting out great content. And yeah, just a ton of good people in the industry. I just can't say enough about everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if anybody out there is checking us out, wants to go and float. Uh, the best place to find a spot is uh, flotationlocations.com. They are the world's premier isolation tank directory and flotation resource center. Their website provides the most reliable and up-to-date global locator for, for float tank locations and manufacturers. They house, their so- they house their social media pages, newsletters, blogs, and much more so you can remain updated in this growing industry. If you're interested in floating, you can find a location near you using their interactive map. It's amazing. You just put in a zip code, bam, it finds a place for you. If you're a float center or a tank manufacturer yet and haven't teamed up with them, it is time to get fat. Yeah, I messed that up. But if you make That's tanks, if no you make tanks, call them and they'll help you get found. Uh, from educating new floaters to providing premium advertising for flotation tank businesses, flotation locations aspires to be the industry's hub. And they are proud to be an integral part of driving this industry forward. Go to flotationlocations.com to receive special offers and discounts on float sessions so you can save money and float for less. I got to talk to Aaron about shortening that. It's just too much to read for me. I just can't, <laughs> I can't do just it anymore, Go to Aaron. flotation lo- locations, people. That's the place to go. That's it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. You, know. you hit the website. It's streamlined. It's easy to use. You just pop on. You can see float centers everywhere. You can see tank manufacturers. It's a great site. Yeah, yeah. And they, I got to tell you, they really stay up to date with that stuff too. They're they're awesome. Yeah, man. It's professionally run. Uh, yeah, good people. Yeah. Well, he's, he's an okay guy. We're not going to say good people. He's he's okay. Aaron's all right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish you the best of luck, man. Uh, can we have the website and, and, you know, give us all your contact info on Twitter and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. If you're interested, uh, give us a shout. We're at uh, www.profloatinc.com. Uh, check us out and follow us on Twitter. We always have fun on there, like engaging with people and learning about the industry. Uh, it's at pro underscore float. And then search for us on Facebook. We're also on the Facebook at, uh, I call it the Facebook because I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Um, <laughs> search for us, Pro Float Inc. Follow us, and you can get information about our pods, and and we can give you quotes and set you up. Awesome. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast, Chris. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations again, man, on on uh, on the pods. And congratulations on on you and your wife being pregnant. It's fantastic. And, thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I I really love what you're doing. You know, you're just kind of you're doing your thing and putting out these podcasts. It's good. Thanks, I love man. It. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. I, I do it more more than anything else. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's a good time. I I enjoy it. Even if nobody listened, I would still do it. So yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm glad that we got a chance to do it. Like I was saying, I didn't get a chance to meet you at the float conference, but you going this year? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I already started to save my shekels. I got a little box. I, I throw a couple bucks in every now and then. Awesome. We're going to be down there, too. So uh, I look forward to, to, you know, maybe we'll have a beer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I will definitely be back at the uh, Sloppy Turtle. Oh, is, that's the place. That's the yeah, place right there. That's the joint. <laughs> gonna there's going to be a lot of hippies getting drunk there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I already said I'm going to uh, like start letting it be known like a month out. Like, listen, Friday night when I get there, first night, Sloppy Turtle. Everybody, <laughs> let's go. go, man. I'll see you there. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And uh, that's it. Take care, friends.